Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank You once more that we have been brought here by Your Spirit. Lead and guide us by Your Word this day. Enlighten our hearts and our minds and guide us that we might know You more deeply according to Your Word. Renew our hearts and our minds that we might love You and that we might go forth following Your Word, knowing that You are at work renewing us in every moment. All of this we do ask through Your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As you heard me say earlier, today is the Sunday following All Saints, what we like to call All Saints Sunday. But over the years, as I've come to study this day, I realize we don't all really know what this day is about. There's a lot of questions that sometimes surround it, and there are people who are like, what is All Saints Day really about? And so what exactly is it? It's the day in which we remember and honor those who came before us into faith. It's the kind of remembrance that began actually very early in the church. It began when Christians started being martyred. There, as early as the 2nd century, as Christians were being put to death for their faith, the churches they served began remembering them. The churches they were part of began having days to remember the faith of that one who died. And this happened independently throughout the church. Churches all over the Roman Empire were honoring various saints and martyrs because they died for their faith. Now, during those first couple of centuries, those persecutions were so sporadic that it wasn't that there were that many Christians who died that they couldn't keep track of who they were in these local congregations. However, with the end of the 3rd century and into the 4th century, with the Diocletian persecutions that were an empire-wide kind of persecution, there were many, many Christians who were put to death for their faith. And so because of that, the church began establishing day, a day of remembrance for all the saints, for all the martyrs to remember all these unnamed martyrs that they couldn't remember or keep track of because so many had died, to remember and honor their sacrifice. But still, different regions had different days when they would have this celebration, when they would have this remembrance. Some did it during Easter season, some did it shortly after Pentecost, and still others had it later in the church year. However, it was in the ninth century that this All Saints Day came to be observed officially on November 1st. It had happened on November 1st here and there, but this date was settled. Pope Gregory IV seems to have been the final catalyst to set the date as November 1st. But that date actually has little to do with supposed pagan rituals because this observation of remembering the saints was ingrained in the life of the church. It was part and parcel of being a Christian. And so it's part and parcel that Christians remember those who have died in the faith, those who came before them, to honor them, to remember them. And so, but originally it was that day of remembrance for the martyrs. But it came to remember various saints throughout the church. So you may ask, if it's about the martyrs and the various official saints of the church, then what of those who died in the faith, the faithful departed? Well, the church established a day called All Souls Day on November 2nd, which is the day of the faithful departed, to remember and to pray for them. 
And so there the church began to create a distinction between the saints and the faithful. That there are those that the church recognizes as saints, but then there are others that are just the faithful departed who are not quite ready for heaven, who may have been having some sins that they had not confessed, some minor sins or that they didn't do the proper repentance. And so they were just merely the faithful departed. They died in the faith, but they were not yet fitted for heaven. And so the church began to establish this hard doctrine that there are those who God has received directly into heaven and those who are not yet fit for heaven. And that's what drove Martin Luther to post his 95 Theses on October 31st on All Saints' Eve because he saw that that was a problem. That if the church could just simply give out uh, uh, oh, I just forgot what it's called. <laughs> if the church could just simply say, oh yes, you're forgiven because you gave me some money, then they've... An indulgence. Thank you, Ed. If the church could just give an indulgence, then what is the point of Christ? What is the point of faith? What is the point of what God has done for us? And so that began to drive a re-understanding of how salvation works, of what salvation really is all about. And thus, with that re-understanding of salvation of properly understanding it as those who have faith in Christ are saved by the work that He has done for them. Then you had to re-understand All Saints Day, that it couldn't be a day that was only about those that the church saw as saints or only those who died in the, as martyrs, but it was all the faithful departed should be celebrated on All Saints Day. And so in the Reformation, the Church of England did away with All Souls Day because All Saints Day encapsulates all of that the faithful departed, and those the church recognizes for their great works. But all of them are to be remembered because they have all died in the faith. It's a day of remembrance of those who have gone before us, pursuing the faith, following the faith, that we might be encouraged in our remembrance of them. That we would pursue our faith more deeply by reflecting on those saints who came before us. And so as we heard in our collect today about the elect, that we are bound together in one communion, All Saints Day is a day to remember the elect the known and unknown, because they play a role in your faith today. All those who have come before us play a role in founding our faith. I myself would not be a Christian without untold numbers of previous Christians who went before me, who influenced those they could influence, leading to others coming to the faith who ultimately led me into the faith and grew me into faith. That my faith is not my own that just was zapped into me. But it came from family members. It came from friends of my family members. It came from older generations who believed and carried that faith forward and taught their families and taught those that they knew down through the years. And I am a Christian because of their faithfulness. And it comes together so beautifully in that collect that we heard where we say, Almighty God, You have knit together Your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of Your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for us, for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. We are all united in that mystical body of Christ. The elect, those that God has called to Himself in Christ, we are connected and we are knit together with all those other believers. That those believers who came before us who are now the church victorious, who are now in heaven, we are still united to them, knit together with them. 
And their faith reverberates through the ages to us this day. Because Christ united Himself to them and He has united Himself to us. And so we are all brought together, connected through Christ. Without Christ, those, former, those earlier believers wouldn't be Christians. Just as we wouldn't be Christians. But with Christ, we are knit together in such a way that without them being Christians, we wouldn't be Christians today because our faith depends on their faith. We are so united together that their faith carries down to us. God calls us to Himself through these others' people, through all these other believers who came before us. He is calling us this day into faith. And it's a mysterious interconnectedness that we have through Christ. That as He led them into faith, so through them, He leads us into faith. And I know this may sound strange to hear, but I think it's true. Consider the early church without the apostles, without their faithfulness, the church would not have been founded. The apostles went forward in faithfulness, preaching the word, converting others. And through those conversions, we are here today. Without the apostles being converted by Christ, without them coming to faith, we wouldn't know Christ. For they carried His word forward. They inscripturated His word through the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in them. They witnessed in their time. And that word comes to us through the written word. And it comes to us through others who know that word, who were converted through that word. And so we are dependent on the early church. We are dependent on those believers who came before us from the early church all the way down to today. Because the Holy Spirit was working through them. The Holy Spirit acted in them, uniting them to Christ, having been elected by the Father to know Christ and to make Him known. And though, and therefore we too are elected by the Father to know Christ through the words and the works that come to us through the rest of the church that tell us of the work of Christ for us. And so that's what All Saints Day is recognizing, that we are here because of that witness that the Spirit has witnessed through these other generations that have come down through to us, that witness down to us today. That we're here because of that witness of the Spirit through these other believers. And so those believers believed on account of the words of the apostles, and we believe both on those earlier believers and on the apostles that we have been brought together to know Christ. He has made Himself known through untold others that we would know Him today. And so we honor them. We recognize that our faith is dependent upon their faithfulness. Our faith is dependent upon them walking in the faith and knowing Jesus such that without their faithfulness, we would not know Christ the way that we do today. And so you may ask, why baptism on All Saints Day? Why baptism on All Saints Sunday? Why do Anglicans have this practice? We can baptize any time of the year, it's true. But it's something special to baptize on All Saints Day. And I think it's because of this connection to the earlier generations. That baptism is something that God does to us, that He comes to us through baptism. He unites His Son to us through those water, through that water in His Word. And thus it is a work of God, not a work of our own. I don't get baptized to claim God as my own. I am baptized because God claims me as His own. 
Baptism is about God and His work through Jesus Christ for us. It is His laying hold of us wherever we happen to be. And it is His saying that we belong to Him. It's not my faith that makes me fit for baptism, but God's faithfulness to His promises that makes me fit for it. He promises to save all those who come in faith. He promises to save and forgive all those who draw near to Him through Jesus Christ. And that promise comes to us through that water and the Word. Nothing in myself makes me ready for baptism. Baptism is God claiming me. He says that I belong to Him through baptism. It's His way of showing to the world that I am His. And in my being His, He becomes mine. He becomes my own because He has made me His own. And I know this reality through faith. I know this by trusting His Word, by trusting His promises. And so baptism becomes the foundation for Christ's work. It becomes the foundation for the application of Christ's work upon us sinners. And that's why we as Anglicans side with the early church with baptizing infants. That just as Christ died for us while we were still sinners, so God brings His promises to us when we don't know Him. Christ died before we knew He would die. And likewise, we baptize infants of believers because the work of Christ is for them too. That work is to be placed upon them. His work comes to those who are baptized mysteriously through this sacramental act. God makes that water more than ordinary water because His words are attached to it. We pour water that has been set aside by prayer in His Word so that His Word is poured upon the one who is baptized. We pour God's name onto the baptized. That's why we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is His name placed upon them and it is God claiming them as His own. It is a sure witness and a sign of God's salvation even for the child that doesn't yet understand. For Christ died for us when we couldn't understand. Before we knew anything of it, before we could even love God, He loved us and gave Himself through His Son. And that death of His Son reverberates to this day. For it brings forgiveness. By His resurrection we receive new life. The Father says in this baptism that you are mine. And if you are mine, all of my promises are for you. All of my promises in Christ are yours. And so trust what is given to you this day. That you might know my Son, Jesus, who has died for your sins. Baptism is the water and the word given to the baptized. Given to those who are baptized. And just think about that. I don't baptize myself. I am baptized by someone else. Just as I can't save myself, but I am saved by someone else. And this understanding of how God is working through water and the Word is shown to us in Ezekiel 36, where God says that He will sprinkle clean water on His people and give them new hearts. He'll pour out His Spirit through the water upon them, that they would be renewed, that they would receive His promises through water. Because the Word is with that water, and where the Word is, there the Spirit of God is. The Spirit acts through God's Word. And when the Word is attached to that water, the Spirit acts through that water. He is active in the reading and hearing of the Word. And so He is active through the promise of God attached to that water. 
Because the Word is united to that water and where the Word is, the Spirit is. The Spirit can be known because the Spirit will always reveal Himself through the Word. St. Paul goes on to say in Romans 6 that all who are baptized are baptized into Christ's death. That those who are baptized are to be considered dead. Dead to their old ways, dead to rebelling against God. They're dead to being sinners. And in place of that sinful life, they are to be raised up into new life through faith. That they would go through that death and enter a new life that has been promised to them. That they enter into the life that Christ has after His death. For He was raised from the dead. And likewise, we are resurrected into a new way of living, leaving behind the old and clinging to the new. Ever looking forward to that final day of resurrection when all sin is purged from us. That new that we now live in includes the Holy Spirit Himself who transforms us out of that old and transforms us into the new. And He works into us that life of Jesus. That is happening in the one who is baptized. And again, St. Paul says in Galatians 3, those that are baptized have put on Christ. They have been clothed with Jesus Himself. That the baptized have Jesus placed upon them all of His righteousness, all of His good deeds, all of His works, all of His sonship is given to the baptized for they are clothed with Him. And that they wear that work upon themselves because it's been given. We have new clothes to wear because the old clothes have been removed. All of these are God's promises that we lay hold of, that we come to know and live in through faith. That baptism is that place where God acts to change our lives. It's an outward moment. It's an objective moment that happens to us that we can look back to when we say, God is not for me. We can say and remind our sinful selves that you have been put to death in baptism. That Christ died for your sins and He has applied that redemption to you in baptism. So don't think God isn't for you. For He has said, I am for you because I have made you mine. You belong to me. Because I baptized you. We are not our own, but we belong to God now. And thus we are called to walk and live and breathe in that life that has been given to us by the Spirit. And we aren't meant to go back to what we once were after baptism. That's why when we get to that part, we will hear in the liturgy, the congregation, you yourselves are promising to watch over the baptized to help lead and guide the baptized nearer in faith. That the promises have been applied. But that baptized one is called to now live in those promises, to walk by faith. And we as a church gather around the baptized and help raise the baptized in their faith, to guide them in the faith, to call forth that faith that God has given to them, to know that God is with us, to know that God is with them, to teach them. And so we don't baptize and ignore. We help that person in the life that they have received through baptism that has been promised to come into fruition as they grow in their faith. And so baptism gives us holiness. Baptism, in a way, makes us saints by pouring God's holiness upon us, by setting us apart from the world. He takes that person in baptism out of the world and into His own kingdom. He makes that person His own. For that is what is meant when we are in His kingdom, that we belong to God, that we aren't in the world's kingdom, we are in God's kingdom and thus belong to Him. So He separates us. He holies us. He makes us holy. 
by separating us from the broken world that we might know Him. And that's where that connection to All Saints Day comes, is that the saints are the holy ones. They're the ones who have been ultimately set aside from the world, for they have died in the faith and been raised up into heaven, looking forward to the final resurrection and reunion of body and soul. They are the ultimate holy ones in that sense right now. And baptism brings us into union with those holy ones. It brings us into union with Christ himself, the true and perfect holy one, the holiest of holies, the one who has fulfilled all things and has been ultimately ultimately set apart by God. From the moment he came into this world, he was separate from the world. Though he lived in it, he was not part of it as we are as sinners. That he walked in this world of brokenness in order that he would redeem it and bring healing and renew it. And so in baptism, we become united to this one true Holy One who has united himself to us in the flesh. We become connected to Him and thus connected to all the saints who are united to Him. Those holy ones who are in heaven before the Father. Those holy ones that we hear asking, How long, O Lord, until You bring to completion Your promises? Till You bring an end to sin? Those saints are crying out day and night for God to bring about the fullness of His promises, to bring about recreation, to bring about the removal of all sin from His creation. They look forward to that day of God acting and bringing new life into this broken world completely. And so we who are baptized and those who are baptized this day are being united into that life, being brought together with all those saints because our faith depends on them. Our faith depends on their faithfulness, that their faithfulness has led us because God chose to work it out that way. That He comes to us by means. He comes to us by words that we hear. He comes to us through acts of kindness, through acts of mercy. And He comes to us through water itself as that water is set aside. Likewise, He comes to us through the Lord's Supper. Through that bread and wine, we are fed with the body and blood of Christ to be renewed and to be made one more and more with Christ and thus one more and more with the saints. And so it is Christ's work being fulfilled in us this day. It is Christ's work being applied to the baptized and uniting them to Himself and thus uniting them to all the saints. Those holy ones who have gone before us. Those holy ones who have been faithful in such a way that our faith is built up by them. Our faith is dependent upon them. Our faith is connected to their faith. For their faith echoes down to us this day. And so as we... See these baptized, know that they are being welcomed into God's kingdom and welcome to join this path of walking to the Father with all the saints. Of being united to us this day that they are spiritually connected to us through baptism. And we are called to support and to walk alongside the baptized, to encourage that faith and to build them up more and more. That they would come to the fullness of the knowledge of God. That they would come to know, as we said, those ineffable joys that God has prepared for those who truly love Him. That we are to come to love God more and more as we have been baptized. That we are to recall our baptisms to know that there God has said, You belong to Me. You are one of My holy ones now. You are set apart from all of the world. And I am healing you. Bit by bit, I am putting you back together in the way that you were meant to be. 
by giving you the life of Christ and calling you to now walk in that life, to grow in that life, and to trust my good promises that are yours. For I have given them to you through my work in baptism because of what Christ has done for you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.